Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. The kingdom of God, you know, it's something very powerful. We need to have a revelation of the kingdom of God because here's the thing. Um, a lot of Christians, they just, they just have a little church you know, church experience. You know, they, they compartmentalize everything. And a church is something they do on a Sunday or maybe, you know, maybe even on a midweek for a midweek service or maybe a Bible study or something they go to. And their only understanding of the kingdom of God is, is church. But you have to understand the kingdom of God goes way beyond church. Church is actually a sub part of the kingdom of God. It's a very important part of the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is eternal and vast and it goes beyond the four walls of the church. That's why one of the things we do is kingdom business fellowship. To get business people to understand that the kingdom of God is not just within the four walls of the church. Because a lot of business people will come to church, you know, on a Sunday morning. And then, you know, then they don't you know, have any understanding of the kingdom of God. And they don't know what their purpose is for the kingdom of God. What they are to do. And then people have, a lot, have their gifts and talents. And they don't know. They think that you know, if I'm not using my gifts or talents maybe in church, then I'm not doing anything for the kingdom of God. And that's actually not true because the kingdom of God goes way beyond the four walls of the church. Amen. And the kingdom of God is actually a spiritual kingdom. One of the things they never understood when Jesus was on earth in the flesh, remember those three and a half years of his earthly ministry, they constantly try to pressure him or talk to him about establishing his kingdom they even asked him after the resurrection when are you going to establish your kingdom they wanted him to overthrow the roman rulers they wanted him to establish his kingdom and he kept telling them hey my kingdom is not of this world my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom my kingdom is not a physical kingdom my kingdom is not established through overthrowing governments and killing people and chopping off ears you know because the kingdom of God is certainly not earthly and it's a spiritual kingdom. So one of the most famous verses that people always hear about the kingdom of God is Matthew chapter 6. If you go with me to verse 33, Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, I think you all know this one, don't you? But seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now let's read that in the Amplifiers. But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. That's what righteousness is, is his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. So what does it mean to seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness, Right? Well, we need to understand that the kingdom of God is spiritual. So we're seeking something spiritual. What does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? It's really the way the kingdom of God operates. Because Jesus also said, seek and you shall find. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be open to you, right? For everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who knocks, the door shall be opened unto them. So... What does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? Well, we're told to seek God. So 
and God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, right? So we need to understand that the kingdom of God operates on certain principles. There's a way that the kingdom of God is. And the kingdom of God operates through God's righteousness, right way of doing and right way of being. So the kingdom of God, when we talk about seeking first the kingdom of God, we're talking about seeking and understanding how the kingdom of God operates. Okay? So we need to understand there's the kingdom of man, right? And then there's the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of man is the same as the kingdom of mammon. It's the same as the kingdom of the darkness that's in the world because the kingdom of man is under the rulership of principalities and powers the prince of the power of the air that operates in the sons of disobedience when you read in ephesians chapter 2 so there are two kingdoms kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness kingdom of man which is the kingdom of darkness it's ruled by lucifer whether you like it or not whether people understand it or not people that are in the world I mean, they wouldn't think that they're serving the devil, but they are. $5.49. It's kind of low for an offering. Or is that how much a gallon of gas is these days? But seeking you first the kingdom of God is really understanding what the kingdom of God is and how the kingdom of God operates. And bringing the kingdom of God into every area of our lives. Coming under the kingdom. Being a part of the kingdom. So going to church doesn't make you a part of the kingdom. Going to church on a Sunday morning doesn't make you a part of the kingdom. Understanding what the kingdom of God is. And operating according to the principles of the kingdom of God. Finding your calling. Finding your place in the kingdom of God. To establish the kingdom of God. To expand the kingdom of God. That's what makes you a part of the kingdom of God. So we need to have an understanding of the kingdom of God beyond church because most Christians are just stuck in their little one-hour, two-hour Sunday morning church thing and they think that, that they've done something, some kind of a favor for God when they've done nothing. But the kingdom of God is an eternal kingdom, okay? And then if you look at this in Mark chapter 1, verse 14, Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. You actually find kingdom of God all throughout the gospels. The only time you find church is twice in Matthew 16 and 18. The word church is only mentioned twice when Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then he also talked about, you know, bringing someone that's out of order into discipline, bringing them to the church. Once you've, you know, if the, your brother sins against you, go talk to them. If they listen, you know, you got it. You know, you, you made peace, you come into unity. If they don't listen, then get two or three other witnesses, then go talk. And if they still don't listen to witnesses, then you bring them before the church. And then, of course, if they still will not listen to church or church authority, then you have to bring them, you know, put them outside of the church because they're unruly. So that's the only time church is mentioned. But the kingdom of God is mentioned throughout the Gospels over a hundred different times. Because Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And then he also said in Mark, I'm sorry, Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in every nation as a witness, and then the end shall come. So we, are need, we need to be preaching the gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? Well, gospel of the kingdom, well, kingdom has two words. You got the king and you got the dominion. So 
A king has dominion. It's the authority. It's the rulership of the kingdom. That means we need to bring every area of our lives under the authority and rulership of the king. That means submitting every area of our lives, the way we think, the way we live, our relationships, our marriage, our finances, everything has to come under the authority and the dominion of the kingdom of God. And when you submit everything to the kingdom of God, and how do you submit? Well, if you think about this, God says that he has exalted his word above his name. He has exalted his word above his name. So that means the word of God is the ultimate and the highest authority in all of existence. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not even one dot or one tittle or iota of my word will pass away. So the word of God is the ultimate and the highest authority. So that means everything that we submit to the word of God, that means when we are submitted to the word of God in every area of our lives, when the word of God is the ultimate authority that decides how we live, what we do, how we think, then we have actually submitted our lives under the kingdom of God because the word of God is the ultimate authority. And the kingdom of God operates on the principles of the word of God. You cannot separate the kingdom of God from the word of God. So as a Christian, if you're not operating according to the word of God, then you're really not operating and seeking basically first the kingdom of God. So what does it mean to seek the fruit? Is the kingdom of God under here? Is it under a tree? Is it back here? Where is it? No, it's right here. The word of God establishes the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God operates by the principles of the word of God. So everything must be done according to his word. And when we are doing things according to God's word, then we can say that we are now operating according to kingdom principles. Amen. That's why many Christians struggle. They're Christians. They're saved. They're born again, even spirit-filled. They love Jesus, but their life is not in order because they haven't submitted their life to the word of God right what is faith what is faith right god is a what it is without faith it's impossible to please god those who come to him must know and believe that he exists but he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him so what is it to diligently seek god is to take his word and live according to his word and then you will get the rewards according to the word if you want rewards that the word of God promises, you're going to have to do the word. You're going to have to get the word of God working in your life. There are so many promises, over 3,000 promises in the word of God. And I know we always say, hey, listen, the Bible is a book of promises. Yes, it is, but it's also a book of instructions. Because every one of those promises are attached to instructions. When you do the instruction... Remember what Bible stands for? Basic instructions before leaving earth. So there are instructions in this book. And we have to take these instructions, believe them, submit to them, not just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word also, and stop arguing with the word of God, and just simply do the word of God. And then that's, when, that's how you seek the kingdom of God. It's really not a big mystery the kingdom of God operates on the foundation of the word of God. And to be a kingdom builder, we talk about, we talk about this a lot, right? 
How many kingdom builders do we have here? How many of you are kingdom builders? You're committed to building the kingdom of God, right? You're building the kingdom of God. How are you going to build the kingdom of God? You need to have a foundation to build. The word of God is the foundation that you build upon. Amen. If the word of God is not the foundation of your life, you don't have anything to build on. You're building on sinking sand. But if you're building on the word of God, you're building on the rock. Right? When troubles come, when adversity comes, when the shakings happen in the world, amen, your house will stand. Why? Because you built on the rock. What does that mean? You're detached from the kingdom of man. You are part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is unshakable. The kingdom of God, man is being shaken and it will be shaken. Everything that must be shaken will be shaken. Hallelujah. Read Haggai 2. He says, once again, I will shake the heavens and the earth. And I'll shake all nations. And the desire and the precious things of all nations will come in. So think about this. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. That's what everything is built on. Silver and gold. Silver and gold. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. What did he have? He had the power of the kingdom of God on the inside of him by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Rise up in the name of Jesus Christ and walk. And kingdom power was released. Hallelujah. And that man who, ha who was crippled with absolutely no hope in the kingdom of man all of a sudden rose up. In the kingdom of man, he's a beggar. In the kingdom of God, he is healed, made whole. And he's restored and he's absolutely, completely, radically changed and transformed. Think about that. In the kingdom of man, he's seeking gold and silver. He's, he's a beggar. But when the kingdom of God and the power of the kingdom came into his life, the man received a, a miracle. So when we talk about the kingdom of God, we are talking about the word of God. Hallelujah. A king's word. King's Earthly kings give decrees and laws. They speak a word and that becomes the authority over the land that they rule. And if you disobey the, the king's decree, then you're going to suffer the consequences of disobeying the king's decree. Well, Jesus Christ is the king of kings and lord of lords. And God's word is a decree. It is spoken. It shall not return void. Come on, somebody. My word shall not return void. It will accomplish that which I've intended for it. Hallelujah. The word of God never comes back void. The word of God is powerful. And the word of God is a decree. So the king of the universe has decreed his word, has spoken it word. Have I not spoken it? He says. Have I not spoken my word? Thus saith the Lord. I mean, think of all the Old Testament prophets. Thus saith the Lord. They came speaking the word of the Lord to the people. And they said, no, we don't want to believe that. And then they suffered the consequences. Curses came upon them. And they went into exile and captivity. And they lost everything. Because they refused to obey God's word. If you will obey my, my word, hearken unto my voice, my statutes, my principles, my word, my law. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Everything you put your hands to shall be blessed and prospered. Blessed shall you be going in. Blessed shall you be coming out. Blessed shall you be the fruit of your womb. Blessed shall it be your kneading bowl and basket. Blessed shall be even your flocks and animals. And blessed shall be and, and, and blessed. You'll be so blessed that your enemies that come against you shall be defeated before your face. And they shall flee from you in seven ways. You shall be so blessed. You shall be blessed in the country. You shall be blessed in the city. 
Hallelujah. Every piece of ground you step your feet upon shall be blessed, and I'll give you dominion over it. You shall rule over it. You'll walk in dominion and power. Come on, somebody. I'll open to you the windows of heaven. Pour you out a surplus of prosperity from my treasures. You'll be the head and not the tail, above only, not beneath. Come on, somebody. And I'll bless you in the land that I swore to give to your forefathers. I mean... The, the power of the kingdom, that's what the blessing of God is, is the power of the kingdom operating in your life. But the kingdom of man is cursed. It's that cursed fig tree, the fruitless fig tree. The kingdom of man is cursed. The kingdom of man is temporal. The kingdom of man will come to an end. <clears throat> the kingdom of man is not going to last, but the kingdom of God is eternal. So when... If you're operating by the kingdom of man, you, all your hope is in the kingdom of man, you're going to be very disappointed. And if you're attached and you're holding on to the kingdom of man, it's going to be shaken and you're going to be shaken with it. But if you're detached from the kingdom of man, the kingdom of this world, and you're established on solid ground, it doesn't matter what happens. 10,000, a thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, and it shall not come near you. Come on, somebody. And then there may be a, a valley of the shadow of death. You're going to walk right through it and you will fear no evil. Because goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Hallelujah. He'll furnish a table for you in the wilderness in the presence of your enemies. Hallelujah. You will not lack because he's your shepherd. You will not lack. When the world lacks, when the world is in trouble, you will not lack. Because you're operating under a different kingdom. You're operating by different principles. Your faith and your trust is in the kingdom of God, the unshakable kingdom, the eternal kingdom. And that which is done for the kingdom of God is eternal. It will be rewarded eternally. Not only in this earth, God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not only here now with the blessings that he promises, but on the other side. When you get to walk on streets of gold and live in your heavenly mansion. Well, you'll be crowned with glory and honor and, and all the crowns that will be given to the believers that ran their race and finished their race. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So Bible talks about preaching the kingdom of God. We need to preach the gospel of the kingdom. We, we got a lot of people preaching what they call a gospel, but it's not the gospel. It's a self-help message. It's some kind of a... Psycho psychological hype by the self-help gurus that call themselves life coaches and get up in the pulpits of America on Sundays and Sunday mornings and whenever their services are and they give a little nice talk with a self-help message and three points and a, and a poem and, and then, you know, and it's just a bunch of, and, and there's no empowerment. And sometimes, you know, I mean, they will even take the principles of the kingdom of God, but the principles of the kingdom of God do not operate separated from the king himself. Because the kingdom of God comes with power. So if you deny the kingdom power, then you're having a form of godliness but denying the power of it. The kingdom of God is power. I said the kingdom of God comes in power. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Bible also talks about entering into the kingdom of God. How do you enter into the kingdom of God? When you got to be born again. 
unless a man is born again, born of the Spirit, born from above. He cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God. Why? Because it's a spiritual kingdom. When you're born again, your spirit is alive unto God. You receive the divine nature. All of a sudden, the eyes of your understanding is enlightened. You, your, hearts are, your hearts open. All of a sudden, there's the power of the kingdom, the life of the kingdom, everything. The king is enthroned in your spirit, and then there's life in there, and there's power in there, and all of a sudden, you have access to the kingdom of God. You actually become a part of the kingdom of God when you're made a partaker of the divine nature. So now, as Jesus said, the kingdom of God is where? All around you look, right? You know, he said the kingdom of God is in you. The kingdom of God is in you. When the kingdom of God is in you, you have access to the power of the kingdom, resources of the kingdom, wisdom of the kingdom, the military power of the kingdom, the angelic host, fire power of the Holy Ghost. You have a whole government that stands behind you. The government of God is behind you. You don't stand alone. That's why there, there are more that are with us than that are with them. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Come on, somebody. So when we are born again, we're born of the Spirit. We become a part of the kingdom of God. Yes, we're a part of the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we are also part of the kingdom of God. And we need to understand that the kingdom of God has authority and power. It has a government. It has resources. It has a military It has weapons of warfare that are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now you start to see things differently. You're not just a church attender. You're part of a kingdom. You're part of a mighty army. You're part of a mighty movement. You're part of a, an eternal, universal You're an extension. You're an ambassador of the kingdom of God. You're an ambassador. Part of a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar and a special people. Hallelujah. And now everything begins to change when you begin to see what the kingdom of God is and who you are as a part of the kingdom. Amen. Come on, somebody. And of course, the other, uh, by the way, well, what is the kingdom of God? Well, let the Bible interpret itself. Look at this. Romans 14, 17. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is what? Not meat or drink or eating or drinking. It's not some kind of an earthly thing. It's not about the belly. The kingdom of God is not about the belly. The kingdom of God is righteousness Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We got an email this last week. A lady was in the Sunday night service. She emailed and asked, and I believe she was, you know, uh, asking, you know, genuinely, 
Why were all those people laughing? I said they were, they were filled with joy of the Holy Ghost. They were filled with joy in the Holy Ghost. And then, and then he says, and she writes back and says, well, where's that come from? He said, it comes from the kingdom of God living on the inside of you. Because that's, that's the joy of the king. That's the atmosphere of heaven. That's, that kingdom of God is a very happy kingdom. There's no death. No sorrow, no grief, no sickness, no disease, no poverty. There's no <clears throat> crying in the kingdom of God. That's why he wipes away all tears. Heaven's a happy place. And if church, listen, and if church is a part of the kingdom of God, <clears throat> then the atmosphere of the kingdom of God should be in the church, which is joy. Unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. Amen. I'm my bottle of water. Where did I, oh, there it is. <clears throat> the Bible also talks about inheriting the kingdom of God. There's an inheritance for us in the kingdom of God. But there are certain types of people... Who will not inherit the kingdom? Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Some serious warnings. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 and 10. Check this out. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor, not drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. You can have a gay church all you want. You can have a gay church all you want. Twist the scriptures. You know that they have them. You can have a gay church all you want. Doesn't mean that church is a part of the kingdom of God. It's a part of the kingdom of man. You can have a church filled with idolatry. There are churches that are full of idolatry. Praying to saints. Statues of saints. Kissing Mary's feet for a blessing. I mean, all kinds of, you know. There's that religious church out there with Full of idols, idolatry, worship of men, worship of idols. They can put church on it all they want. It's not a part of the kingdom of God. It's not. So just because something or someone or some building or some organization has the word church on it, I mean, come on, the Mormons call that thing church. It has nothing to do with Jesus Christ whatsoever. I've studied up Mormonism. I know all about it. How Joseph Smith claims that there were all these different kingdoms that lived here in North America. And, and they can't find a trace of any of them. 
And an angel Moroni comes to him in the middle of the night, stands by his bed and tells him that there are these golden tablets where holy scriptures are given with this special hieroglyphic type language, you know, that he will find them in a cave. And he goes and all of a sudden, you know, his eyes are open and the light comes and he's able to divinely interpret what's written in these golden tablets and all that. And he writes the Book of Mormon, basically. Where Jesus is, Jesus and Lucifer are brothers. I mean, so, I mean, it's total nonsense. It's a cult. Then you have Islam. Same thing, another angel shows up in a cave. It's always in some cave. Be careful about caves. Calls himself the angel Gabriel. Grabs this man named Muhammad. Holds him and squeezes him. The life out of him, the breath out of him, but he basically can't breathe. And then releases him and says, take a breath. Muhammad takes his breath. And then he says, Quran, which means recite, prophesy in a sense. And he starts reciting a whole bunch of stuff. Of course, now there's a book called the Quran. And there is Jesus in there, but it's not the Jesus of the Bible. Because he's not the only begotten. He wasn't crucified, raised from the dead. He's just one of the major prophets, respected prophet, but he's not the son of God. And he didn't die and he didn't rise again. So obviously that throws out the gospel of the kingdom. And the grace that comes through the finished work of the cross to every believer. So now there's a whole works to, to you know, trying to earn your salvation and then the scales of judgment your good works and your sins are weighed on the last day and if your good works outweigh your sins maybe you might receive mercy and nobody's ever sure that's why if you ask a Muslim if you were to die this very second are you absolutely sure beyond the shadow of any doubt you'll go to heaven they cannot give you an answer and I was one so I know it a Sunni Muslim So, you know, we have all these other things. We have, there's a form of Jesus, but it's not the Jesus of the Bible. He's not the son of the living God, divine, co-equal with the Father, coexisting with the Father from all eternity. Not a created being, but a part of the eternal Godhead, co-equal with the Father, co-equal with the Holy Ghost. Part of the Godhead, the Trinity, and he's the word that was made flesh. So Jesus is the king of the kingdom of God because he is the word. Because a king's kingdom is only as good as his word. So the word of, that's why the word of God is exalted above all things. And even the name. So you can use the name of Jesus, but if it's not the word, then it's not the same Jesus. Because the word of God reveals to us the true Jesus, the Bible. Everything else is some other fabrication, man-made, really actually more comes by doctrines of devils through seducing spirits and spirits of deception. 
and all the false religions. So we need to understand idolaters will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, of course, there's some obvious idolatry, but then there's the subtle idolatry. You know, people can get into all kinds of idolatry, even in, in a modern church setting. You know, they can build idols. And, you know, one of the biggest idols is money. They can idolize men. They can idolize ministry. Music can even become an idol. Instead of worship, it becomes a performance, a concert. Very polished, very professional, but dead. No, no presence of God, no anointing, because it's not worship. It's not coming from a heart of worship, because that's why every musician must first be a worshiper. It's not enough just to be a musician. You have to be a worshiper. You have to be like David. You have to study out the life of David and, and have that heart that, God, that pleased the Lord. A man after God's own heart. A worshiper. We are worshiping the king. We're worshiping the Lord. We're worshiping Jesus. And everything must be submitted in worship. That's why we give. Our giving is worship. We're worshiping Jesus with our finances. What our finances represent. It represents our efforts. It represents our work, the work of our hands, the sweat of our brow. It represents us, our time, and everything we put into it. And then in return, the world that operates by this thing called money pays us back for something. And then we take that, and then we sow it into the kingdom, and then we are actually converting that earthly currency to heavenly currency and laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves cannot break in and steal. Amen. But we're laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven. But if your treasure is on earth, moth and rust corrupt and destroy, thieves can break in and steal. It's not safe. It's not safe. You can put it in a safe. It's not safe. You can take $100,000, put it in, a, in the biggest safe. Guess what? If they switch that thing off, the $100,000 means nothing. It's just paper. You know, so our trust has to be in the kingdom of God. And then we have to trust that the kingdom of God is unshakable. And if we do things according to king, kingdom principles, we will be unshakable. And that which we do will last. Hallelujah. So you can see there's certain type of people that cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But look at what verse 11 says. And such were some of you. Oh, yes. But you were washed. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. You were sanctified. Washed in the blood of Jesus and sanctified. But you were justified. In the name, that word justify in the Greek is the same word as righteous. So that means you were made righteous. Every time you see the word justified, it's the same Greek word as righteousness. You were made righteous in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. That's powerful. And such were some of you. Such were all of us here before we got saved, washed by the blood of Jesus, Sanctified by the blood of Jesus, justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God, the Holy Spirit. Come on, if the Holy Spirit comes to 
dwell on the inside of you. He's a Holy Spirit. He's not going to dwell in an unholy person. So the blood of Jesus sanctifies you and makes you righteous so that the Holy Spirit can come and dwell on the inside of you. We were once unholy, now we are holy. We become temples, a holy temple so that the Holy Spirit can come and dwell within. Amen. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings the entirety of the kingdom of God to be on the inside of us. The power of the kingdom, the authority of the kingdom, the resources of the kingdom, the ability of the kingdom, the knowledge of the kingdom, the wisdom of the kingdom, all of that comes and begins to live on the inside of you so that the kingdom of God is established in you by the Holy Ghost. So Holy Ghost is not just a feeling rolling around the floor, run around the building. It's wonderful. But when you understand the anointing, you take this out there and you, you're building the kingdom of God. If you're called in the business, that's why you're building a kingdom business. Make sure your business is a kingdom business. It has a kingdom purpose. It's attached to the kingdom. It's building the kingdom. It's not building man's kingdom, but it's building the kingdom of God. If you have a ministry, you better be building the kingdom of God. Because some people use their ministry to build their own kingdom. It's about their kingdom. It's about their wealth. It's about their influence. Amen. And it becomes a cult of personality. But we are here to build God's kingdom. Our ministry is to build God's kingdom. Advance the kingdom of God. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom in power. Look at this Galatians chapter 5. Another warning. About those who cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Is this helping anybody here tonight? You probably never heard a sermon on the kingdom of God before, have you? Some of you. Have you? Who's never heard a sermon on the kingdom of God before? Okay, that's a few. Now look at this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are... Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. So it's not an, you know, exhaustive list. There's things like this. The 17 works of the flesh and the like. And the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So think about this. A Christian that lives the carnal life is cut off from the inheritance of the kingdom. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace. Long-suffering which is the same as patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Against such, there is no law. So we shall inherit the kingdom. Hallelujah. So the kingdom of God must be inherited. The kingdom of God must be inherited. And the Bible also talks about being counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Let's look at this in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. We have to be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. This is very, very important that we understand 
how the kingdom of God operates and to be worthy of the kingdom. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This is one of the prayers that Paul prayed that we pray here and, and we spend time praying this prayer. I've encouraged you to take these prayers. There's two in Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 3. Then there's one in Philippians chapter 1 and then one in Colossians chapter 1. And these are prayers that Paul prayed. He says, I cease... I do not cease to pray for you, that you may be what? Filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all the patience and long-suffering with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Look at this. So the inheritance qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance. So we have to qualify. We have to live our lives in a way that's going to qualify us. Because many will become unqualified. The Bible talks about those that have become unqualified. As they run their race, they become unqualified. They stumble and fall and they become unqualified. Many are called, but few are chosen. You want to make sure that you qualify for the kingdom of God. You qualify for your inheritance. Amen. Think about the prodigal son. What did he do? He took his inheritance and he wasted it. He wasted it. And when he realized he wasted all of his inheritance, he comes to his senses. He goes, man, what have I done? I'm sitting here eating pig slop. And he goes, I need to go back to my father's house. And he gets up and he goes back. He says, even the servants in my father's house are in better condition than I am. They're eating better than this. So he goes back to his father's house, and on the way, of course, he's, you know, he's very, very um, suspicious. He's very you know, afraid. He doesn't know if the father's actually going to take him back. But as he's going back to the father's house, guess what happens? The father sees him coming. He runs out to him. He puts the robe. He takes the robe off of his back, puts the robe over him. He takes the signet ring, like, which is the ring of authority, puts it on his Finger, he says, my son was lost. He's now found. Killed the fatted calf. Let's have a feast and celebrate. But think about how many never come to their senses and go back. They go from being a prodigal to being a reprobate. And one of the things that we must understand is we can never lose the fear of God. We, have res we need to have respect for the authority of the king and his kingdom and do things in a way that we understand. So look at this now. The first thing about being counted worthy of the kingdom, that we may be counted worthy of the kingdom. The first one is 
to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Second is walking, walking worthy of the Lord. Our lives must be worthy of the Lord. Walking in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. Thirdly, pleasing him. The, the fourth is being fruitful in every good work. Number five is increasing in the knowledge of God. Number six is being strengthened with all might, with mighty power, and having patience with joy. And then number seven is giving thanks to the Father. Why? Because we've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness, which is the satanic, Luciferian kingdom of man we're talking about, and we've been brought into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. So all around us, the kingdom of man is advancing. And the kingdom of man will eventually end up with a king called the Antichrist. You know, the final one. The man of, the man of lawlessness, the man of sin. But he will not be revealed until what the Bible calls the restraint is taken away. What is the restraint? The kingdom of God. Those that are advancing the kingdom of God are the restraint. And when those that are advancing the kingdom of God are taken out of the way, then there's nothing left to hold it back. Right now, we are the ones that are holding it back. But not every Christian. Only those that are truly operating to advance the kingdom of God. Understanding that we are at war. Think about this. I mean, we are at war. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil are contrary to each other. There's a war. There's a spiritual warfare going on. This ain't no picnic. Right? The church is not a cruise boat. Cruise ship. It's a battleship. Amen. But most Christians treat church like a cruise ship. A Disney carnival cruise. Sunday morning is like a carnival cruise. Seriously. No empowerment, no understanding of the kingdom. People just show up, do their little thing. It's entertainment. It's, you know, all-you-can-eat buffet with some entertainment. No different than a cruise ship. And they're losing sight of the fact that we're not on a cruise ship. We're on a battleship. And we're coming to the end of the age where all things will be shaken and revealed. And that's what Jesus said. When this gospel of the kingdom is preached. So are we really preaching the gospel of the kingdom? What is the gospel of the kingdom? When Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, it came in power. It came in power. He was casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the leper, opening the eyes of the blind, making the lame walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, exercising such power and authority even demons trembled and they were scared. Have you come to torment us? And there was something else that completely opposed him and resisted him. It was that kingdom of religion. Because kingdom of religion, that religious spirit is a part of that kingdom of man. Religion is man-made. Religion is a part of the kingdom of man. That's why we find in the last days there's going to be that one world government. There's going to be that one world money system. And then there's going to be that one world religion. The 666. The number of man. To me, I believe that's the, 
the three pillars of the kingdom of man, the number of man is the kingdom of man. Six is the number of man. So there's going to be that one six, which is that one world government, which you can see they're working to form it, World Economic Forum, World Bank. I mean, come on, World Trade Center, World, World, anything with the world in it. Global warming, global, you know, climate change. It's all a part of their, their agenda to establish global governance. It's happening all around us. Globalization of everything. What does that mean? Control. When everything's globalized and it's put in the hands of one man, guess what happens? Back then, Prince Charles, soon to be King Charles, is going to be crowned. He made a speech about a year ago. I played it here in the church. Maybe some of you remember when he's talking about giving everything to that one man. We're working for him to put everything in his disposal. And, and it's like he's talking, it's, like, it's almost like he's talking about a person. Yeah, he is. He's talking about the Antichrist, the one man, the final ruler of the final Antichrist kingdom. There have been six in history, and now we'll, there'll be a seventh one. And the final one, it's called the beast. Rising up out of the land and rising up out of the seas, the beast. Its nature is beastly, destructive, violent. And it's rising all around us. You can see they're doing everything they can. They're, sh they're shaking. You see all these banks going under, right? You see what's happening because it's all a push to go to a cashless society. Take away cash so nobody has any cash. Like I said, you can have $100,000 in a safe when it's no good. What are you going to do with it? That's what they're trying to do. It's the kingdom of man forming all around us, the one world money system. And it's eventually going to lead to the mark of the beast where people have to take some, probably some form of a digital chipping or something so they can buy and sell or survive. So I warn, I, I'm warning people because the kingdom of man operates on buying and selling. But the kingdom of God operates on sowing and reaping. That's the most important thing you need to understand about the kingdom of God. It operates on sowing and reaping. That which you sow, you shall reap. So it operates on sowing and reaping. We have to understand. We sow into the kingdom. We reap from the kingdom. Our words are seed. Our actions are seed. Everything we do, it operates by the power of sowing and reaping. And when we understand the power of sowing and reaping, then we can begin to tap into the principles of the kingdom. Because when you sow and you reap, there's an acceleration. There's an increase 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, even 1,000-fold. It comes by supernatural financial increase, acceleration, multiplication that's why a woman can take a jar of oil and keep pouring it and 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 pouring it because she obeyed the word of the lord which basically got her to tap into the economy of the kingdom of god in the economy of the kingdom of man she wasn't dead her husband was dead and the creditors were about to come and take away her two sons but here comes the prophet elisha with a word from with the word of the lord he says, go and collect all the empty vessels you can find. Bring them and shut the door and bring them into the house and get that little jar of oil you have in the house and keep pouring and keep pouring and keep pouring. As she kept pouring, as she kept pouring, all of a sudden, she's now operating under a different economy where there is no lack, 
where there's supernatural increase and overflow and that oil just supernaturally multiplies god created more oil it was a creative miracle if it exists he'll get it to you if it doesn't exist he'll create it for you we're not even limited by what's in existence because God is the creator and he can literally create what you need if it doesn't exist he can create more bread more fish more oil he can create wine out of water he can bring water out of a rock he can rain quail from heaven he can make manna appear he can put money in a fish's mouth He'll create it for you. We need to understand there is no lack in the kingdom of God. Let's tap into the kingdom. Let's tap into the kingdom. Let's operate by kingdom principles. But the kingdom of God operates by a currency called faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And without faith, it's impossible to operate in the kingdom of God. Because he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when you seek in the kingdom of God, you get rewarded. I'm seeking the kingdom of God. What does that mean? I'm searching. I'm seeking and searching principles. Not just principles of success. I'm searching principles of the kingdom. I'm digging deep in the word. I'm getting the principles, I understand them, I internalize them, they're sown into my heart, amen. I've sown, I've taken and I've, put your, I've sown your word in my heart that I may not sin against you, right? I put your word, the entrance of your word brings light. I'm taking the word, I'm putting it in my spirit and my spirit is now being established with kingdom power, kingdom principles and now, now my spirit man. Is leading me those who walk in the spirit will not fulfill the lust of the flesh I'm walking in the spirit I'm not walking under the carnality the carnal nature which is gonna bring me to be subject to the kingdom of man I'm walking in the spirit I'm walking with spiritual power spiritual authority spiritual wisdom supernatural ability I can see things nobody sees because I have words of knowledge, words of wisdom. I can see into the realm of the spirit because I have the gift of discerning of spirits. I can operate by supernatural faith. I can work miracles. I can heal the sick. I can speak with tongues, which is the language of the spirit. It's a kingdom language. Hallelujah. When you speak in tongues, you speak in the language of your citizenship. Hallelujah. I speak Turkish because I was born there and I speak English because I grew up here but now I speak in tongues because I'm born again spirit-filled I have the divine nature I speak the language of my kingdom and I carry a passport as an ambassador of the kingdom 
That's our kingdom language, speaking in tongues. What are you doing? I'm speaking in my kingdom language. Hallelujah. You can prophesy. What does that mean? You can make kingdom decrees. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established. If you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, guess what happens? It'll obey. Why? Because you... Because the kingdom of God has the power to move the kingdom of man. But the kingdom of man has no power to move the kingdom of God. You can move mountains. You can move earth. Hallelujah. You can move things that are natural. You can speak to things that are natural. Because you're not just a natural being. You're a supernatural being. You actually have power and authority over natural things. You can speak to money. I command money to come to me from the north, the south, east, and the west. Why? It's just a piece of paper. Or if it's just, you know, some numbers on a digital screen. It's resources. I call, I call in the money right now that we need in the name of Jesus. I call in. I call in the buildings. I call in the resources. I command them to come for the purposes of establishing the kingdom of God here in Palm Beach County that you sent us to do as ambassadors in the mighty name of Jesus. We call in the buildings. We call in the resources. We call in the supply. We call in the money. We call in the equipment. We call in the land. We call in uh, everything. We, need. we call in buses. We call in airplanes. We call in helicopters. We call in boats. <coughs> we call it in right now in the name of Jesus. We call it in. We speak to that thing. You come and be at my disposal because I'm establishing the kingdom of God here on earth. I'm going to occupy till he comes like he told me to. So we have to have revelation of the kingdom of God. And it's unlimited resources that are available to us. Glory to God. That's why Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world or the kingdom of man. Which is the kingdom of darkness, Satan, the kingdom of man. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may know which is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. In other words, be transformed into the way of the kingdom of God. So we have to also develop a kingdom mindset. We have to be kingdom-minded people. It's not about our little castle we're building, but it's the kingdom of God that we're building. To be kingdom-minded people, be kingdom people. That it's about the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. This is helping anybody here tonight. Praise God. So 666, the kingdom of man is advancing. Daniel said in the last days, people will travel to and fro. Knowledge shall increase. My God, look at what's happening with AI. Literally, I mean, the Lord, the Holy Ghost has drawn my attention to this whole artificial intelligence in the last three weeks. I had no idea how far 
this thing was advancing. I started to research and just by the leading of the Holy Ghost, because that's what I do. I pray, Holy Ghost, you know, lead me to know, lead me into all truth. And man, it's getting crazy. They can literally take somebody's, I mean, there's so many, they can literally, okay, I mean, I'm thinking about it. I mean, I've got, I got YouTube videos. I got thousands of hours of speaking. They can literally take samples of my voice and my videos, create me saying things I've never said or done, literally, by whole AI, just like that. They can do all of that stuff instantly. I mean, like the power of artificial intelligence is going to become a major part of this last day's kingdom of man. I'm telling you, it's going to be a huge part of the beast system. And I was listening to this video, and, um, and these are actually, you know, engineers, computer scientists. I mean, these are actually, these are not even Christians. These are not even Christians. And there was a man speaking about the dangers of where this artificial intelligence is going. And he said this word, and it really got my attention. He said, it's like a hungry beast. you got to keep feeding it information. And I thought to myself, there it is. It's a part of the beast system. And you, why do you think they have all this chat GPT and download it? They want everybody feeding it information. Don't do it. Don't do it. One of our church members sent me a whole text. They said, they fed my name, Pastor Corey Ehrman, to one of these AI systems, and it spit out this whole thing on me. It is like the most amazingly written thing. I could not have written something better about myself. Even found my mandate, my vision for the kingdom. I'll put it all in there, and he sends it to me. Isaac, one of the guys in the church. I said, Isaac, don't ever put my name into AI again, man. That's exactly what they want. They want to gather information. Because information is power for them. And those who live by information in these last days will fail. But those who live by revelation will overcome. Those who live by revelation will overcome. They want us to be reliant on information. They call this the information age. I tell you right now, this is the age of revelation. It's the age of the Holy Ghost. It's the age. It's the age of the church. It's the church age. It's the age of church that is filled with the Holy Ghost power that has revelation and those who have revelation will always be one step ahead of those with information so we need to learn to rely on kingdom revelation that's going to be deposited into your spirit that's why you got to pray in tongues like never before pray in tongues like you've never prayed in tongues. i mean pray in tongues be committed to pray in tongues so much that you're going to draw forth revelation understanding now knowledge by the holy ghost so that you can begin to operate outside of the system because we're going to have to figure out ways to operate outside of the system because i'm telling you right now the system is going to getting be getting narrower and narrower and narrower it's going to it's going to get narrow on every side but we're going to have to learn to operate outside of the system we might have to go catch a fish and find money in its mouth instead of going to the bankers because this whole thing is being turned upside down. They're changing right now. They're, they're changing the entire banking system. They're changing the entire banking system. And they're pushing so much fear. They said U.S. is going to run out of money by January, uh, by June 1st. If they don't raise the debt ceiling, which they will probably raise the debt ceiling. And they always raise the debt ceiling. But here's what I'm telling you. They're pushing this narrative now to tell people hey, we're going to roll out digital central bank currencies and we're going to go to a cashless society. And you know what digital currency means, right? It's programmable currency. If you run a red light, they can freeze your bank account. If you vote for the wrong guy, if you get on Facebook and say something about somebody they 
you know, they, they'll shut your accounts down. Look at what they did with, uh, uh, what's his name? Kanye. He said something. They shut his whole bank account down. He couldn't even, he's saying, I have all, these, all this money. I can't even buy a cup of coffee. He was on, on Instagram talking about how they froze $100 million of his money. Because he said things that they didn't like. Now, whether it's true or not, that's another point. You can argue that, debate that. But he made controversial statements. Think about the truckers in Canada. I mean, you know, you, now you rise up the protest, you know, take power back from the government, and then, you know, they can freeze your accounts. So we're entering into a time, man, we better understand the power of the kingdom. I'm telling you right now by the Holy Ghost, this ain't no joke. This ain't no cakewalk we're coming into. But I'm telling you, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will prevail because Jesus said, I will establish my church, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. So I don't care what hell they throw against us, they're not going to prevail. But you know what? They're not going to prevail against the church that is the church. Not the fake church, not the, you know, the little entertainment church. I'm talking about the empowered church, the Holy Ghost-filled powerful church that is anointed that is appointed that is called out and that is walking in power and authority and holiness and purity and faith we are going to make it through these last days and we're going to overcome and we're actually going to prosper we're going to actually do amazing things those who know their god shall do exploits yeah. hallelujah now i'm starting to prophesy i've gone from teaching now to prophesying hallelujah if you get it i'm actually prophesying right now i'm actually prophesying to you by the holy ghost you will make it. You will succeed. You will overcome. You will accomplish things that God's called you to do. You will not back down. You will not fail. God's love in you will never fail. God's power in you will never fail. Hallelujah. He anoints your hands. He anoints your mouth. He orders your steps. Hallelujah. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Hallelujah. When you seek first his righteousness, your steps will be ordered. Hallelujah. God will make a way for you where there seems there is no way. He'll furnish a table for you in the wilderness. He'll make the crooked path straight. He'll make rivers in the desert places. If it doesn't exist, he will create it. Hallelujah. We're going to see more creative miracles in these last days than ever before. We're about to enter into... We're about to enter into a season of creative miracles. Hallelujah. Like never before. Creative miracles physically. We're going to see body parts created. We, we're going to... We're going to even see, we're going to see even finances created. We're going to even see things created like never before. God's going to literally create provision for you. God's going to create provision for you. God's going to create. We're going to step into a time of creating miracles in the area of finances. That's where all this overflowing of the, of the oil is. That's where all this money in the fish's mouth is. That's where all this multiplying of the bread and the, and the loaves and the fishes are. It's creative miracles in the area of finances and resources. We're going to begin to tap into creative miracles. Hallelujah. Because there's going to be an acceleration because time is so short. And that God's literally going to create provision. For those that are kingdom-minded, that are about kingdom business, God's going to literally create provision. Supernaturally created for you. One minute you don't have it, the next minute it's there. Boom! By the power of the Holy Ghost. Creative miracles. Creative miracles. Creative miracles. Creative miracles. Hallelujah. Creative miracles. You might log into your account one day, you'll find a bunch of money. You might, you might open your bag and find a bunch of cash. 
Your fridge, your fridge is empty, one minute, you open the door, it's filled. Filled with organic stuff, good organic food. Hallelujah. Not junk food. God's not going to fill your fridge with junk food. He's going to fill your fridge with good organic food. Hallelujah. I'm serious. And there'll be favor. There'll be favor. Somebody has an airplane, but the Lord has need of it. Go untie the airplane and bring it. I mean, just like a colt. Creative miracles. People that have the faith for it. People that are, I'm telling you, kingdom builders will not lack in these last days. Kingdom builders will be supernaturally empowered by kingdom finances. And the kingdom resources shall be released. And kingdom creative power shall be released on their behalf. Glory to God. See, don't underestimate these Wednesday nights. Hallelujah. When the remnant come. I'm telling you, get ready because we're going to see some amazing things. Get ready, get ready, get ready, kingdom people, kingdom builders. Hallelujah. Say this after him. I'm a kingdom builder. I'm called to build the kingdom of God with skill, wisdom, ability. I'm like an architect. I'm like an engineer. Building the kingdom. Holy Ghost, use me. I make myself available to be a kingdom builder. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwbb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.